Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? Then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate, because love is coming for your baby in more ways than one. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited and honored today. We have our very first ever guest on the Love Is Coming podcast. It is the amazing Shah Wasmond, MBE, changemaker, best-selling author, mentor, and coach to yours truly. So this is really, really exciting. Shah, how are you? Uh, I'm really good. Really, really excited to be here. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit um, anxious about the question since before we went live, Persia just said to me, you know, I'm not even going to tell you what any of these questions are. Just be warned. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this, this could really backfire, but luckily you're such a good sport. So I think it's all going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So just a little heads up of what Shah um, is all about. Shah is, uh, she's on a mission to empower every single person who has ever felt disempowered. And she is my business coach and my mentor. And she is absolutely amazing. I've loved working with her over the last few months. But we're going to not be talking business today. We're talking all things love. And I'm really excited and intrigued to see what Shah has got for us. So and it's I'm- so weird for me not to be talking about business because my big thing is social empowerment. What I know for sure is that uh, financial empowerment is activism. If we want to empower ourselves, it has to go hand in hand with becoming financially empowered. So I feel really confident about talking about all of that stuff. But today, well, this is a totally different topic. So uh, you know what? While while you've said that, is I really do believe that actually working on our romantic lives is about social empowerment ultimately. Because again. So actually, I'd love to hear, before we dive in, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your take on that would be. Oh, so my take on it is that when you are empowered within yourself, you have strong, healthy boundaries, you have a lot of self-respect and self-worth. And when that happens, it's reflected in your business success, but also in your relationship success. I think that when you are the more empowered you are, and by the way, being empowered isn't about empower, overpowering other people. It's about really being empowered in your own self. Mm-hmm. You actually become the person that you want to meet. Yes, 100%. And listen, what I can tell you is that I, when I was a bloody mess in my romantic life, that was always my Achilles heel. I was not of much good to anyone. And since I've sorted out my romantic life, all that energy that I wasted, you know, stressing over why boys weren't messaging me back or cheating on my boyfriend or just being a complete disaster. um, You know, I'm actually going out there and, you know, trying to help 
we're not trying to help, helping other women to, to work on themselves, to fall in love with themselves, fall in love with their lives, create, like, I really do believe, Shah, that we create our own reality. We do. And so I do think it's really important. So I'm glad that you said that. So what I'm going to do for the, for this first little section, I need to get my timer out. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So it's called 60 Second Summary. So what this is, is your love story from birth till now in 60 seconds. Are you ready? I'll give you a warning at 30. Okay, just give me a heads up on, like, what do you even mean? Whatever, take it as you will, your love story. So it it can be whatever comes into your mind. Ready, Ready, steady, go. Okay, so I've just wasted five seconds. I have five (laughs) seconds left. I truly believe that as a woman, your very first boyfriend sets the benchmark for most women. I got very lucky. My first boyfriend when I was 16 is still one of my best friends today. And he set the bar very, very high. And that was a brilliant thing because as far as I was concerned, if guys didn't meet that and above it, I had zero tolerance. So I would say... I am so grateful that I've always picked good men, good humans to have relationships with, which means that even though some of those relationships obviously haven't all worked out, they are still good humans today and we are still good friends today. And I would say, you know what? Love can find you at any point in your life. And I am the happiest I've ever been in a relationship right now with for sure my life partner. So you don't give up. You actually nailed that. You actually nailed that. That was amazing. Well, you know what? I You talked about a few things there that I really love is the first boyfriend. We have to come back to that because I remember you telling me this when I when we met up in September. You had a very different experience to a lot of women out there. Like you had a really great relationship and like, like you said, set the bar high. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you feel that that impacted your romantic life going forwards? Absolutely. But I think we need to unpack this a little bit because I had a very traumatic childhood and I had a very, very very difficult relationship with my dad who was a uh a cokehead a he was violent he was a, he, he was just a horrible human being and i grew up um pretty much in sheer terror every day of what he was going to do to my not to me but to my mom and thankfully i have some kind of genetic that is super super resilient so rather than fall into the patterns of ending up in a abusive relationship which does happen to so many women and I understand the patterns and I understand all the dirty little things that happen in our brains that put us into that state of mind where we follow suit but I am just forever grateful that didn't happen to me and what happened was the opposite I saw what happened and I was like zero tolerance like there are no three strikes there are there is one strike and you can fuck off and if any man ever ever even raised a hand at me like literally like they would have to be crazy because they'd have a baseball bat around their head (laughs) I'm not kidding like it would would be you know when I was younger I don't mean as a grown adult but when I was younger I literally probably in my teens I thought this through and I thought well if I ever got into trouble because I my retaliation was extreme they would just call on my history and I'd get a pass because it would be completely psychologically understandable 
why I would react that way. You know, mm. if a guy, mate, if a guy hit me, like seriously, he better he better be concerned for his actual life because <laughs> I would have zero tolerance. Like there is nothing because I'd yeah. grown up like that and I know what that leads to. So yeah. I knew that was that would never happen with me, and it never yeah. did. Like I've I've never had a relationship like that. So I've got to give myself a little bit of credit because from a very early age, from sixteen, and my boundaries were really clear. Do not overstep my fucking boundaries. I won't overstep yours. I don't demand anything from you that I wouldn't demand from myself. But let's be clear. I have high standards of myself. So if you mm. can't meet meet the standards I have for myself, this ain't going to work from the get-go. And I'm cool mm. with that as well, right? I'm cool. I can walk away just like a business deal. I will never, ever love a deal more than I love myself. Mm. Oh, my God, Shah. So much in there. Firstly, I didn't know that about you. But, I mean, we've got we've got a lot of similarities there. And it's so interesting because I work with a lot of women who have had, you know, dysfunctional relationships. And the first module of my program, Get Your Soulmate, is looking at uh, that, you know, the parent, your parents and childhood and what happened to you, because it always will set the tone for what's going to happen next. So I love that for you. And I love the fact that this podcast episode is called How a Strong Woman Gets a Strong Man. I think that I mean, well, that's love lesson number one. How would you say that in a nutshell? How does a strong woman get a strong man? By having really strong boundaries and being really clear on what you will accept and what you won't accept and sticking with mm-hmm. it, period, no matter who they are, no matter how much you might love them, no matter what they might look like, no matter, there is no matter. These are my boundaries. This is what's important to me. These are my values. These are my morals. These are my ethics. This is what's important to me. But I would also say that when you are that clear on your boundaries, you also need to make sure that you're not expecting something of someone else. You're not prepared to give yourself. So I am fine with being demanding because I give a lot. And by demanding, I don't mean in that I'm not high maintenance by any stretch in the imagination. But, you know, I, I expect to be treated a very specific way. And if that doesn't happen, you will not find me sitting around waiting for that to change. Mm. Change, change in, on, change, go change and learn on someone else's time, not my time. And it's that it's that confidence and clarity. I think the big word because a lot of a lot of women will say to me, "Oh, but I'm not as confident as you." To me, and actually, yes, confidence is key, but clarity, like you are so clear on your value and who you are. And what's interesting in what you were just saying there is the sort of I can hear almost the businesswoman in you. Like that, that clarity, that confidence. But clarity gives you confidence because yes. then you're clear on what's important yes. to you. So for example, what a guy earns is absolutely, totally and utterly unimportant to me. Now, mm. the flip side of that is I don't do lazy. I can't do lazy. You've got to be crazy. Like no lazy guys can come anywhere near me. But you could be a, you could be, you know, a social worker. You could be a teacher. You could be passionate about what you do and earn nothing and I'll have total and utter respect for you. So that is not a value for me. Money mm. is not a value for me. Showing up for me is a value for me. You know, yeah. the five love languages. So, so my, my number one love language is acts of service. My second one is quality time. My third mm. one is physical touch. And then affirmations and gifts are like, they're yeah. out there in the wilderness because they're not important to me. So yeah. for me, and it's about understanding that and, and really getting clear 
on what you're prepared to give as well as what you're prepared to accept. Do you know what you've touched on? We've touched on a lot of interesting things. I love the love, love languages. That's something we'll be talking a lot about in the Love Is Coming podcast. But something else there is, you know, uh, particularly because of the, the title of this um, of this episode and the fact of who you are, like you have achieved a lot in your work life and in your career, like really incredible stuff. So inspiring. I will get some women who come to me who are very successful in what they do. And I wonder if this is like almost like old paradigm stuff of like this belief of like, oh, but I need to be with a man who earns the same as me or, you know, earns more than me. And I kind of feel like, like we're not, like we're in a different position now and I'm actually the same as you. I'm like, money is one value, but actually I, I've never really had many boy. I haven't really done the boyfriends who, I had one boyfriend actually. In fact, I will say this. I had one boyfriend the only one who like was really like he took me out for amazing dinners he had a fancy car all of that and whilst like he was great I remember thinking after one of these posh dinners like the novelty wore off really quickly and I was like is that is that it like that like actually I don't value this I'm glad I I experienced that but I don't value it like I perhaps thought I would if I hadn't experienced that and actually for me it's it's like you said it's about like what like you need to show up and there's other like I'm I can make my own money like there's other ways to contribute so what would you say to the women who who like basically pick their men like a big part of how they pick their men is what their men do for a living well as much as I don't like to be judgmental, I don't really think that's a good place to, to start with unless you're desperate and destitute and you need a man to provide for you. And if that is your case, I would say rather than looking to a man to provide for you, I think you'd be better off looking at how you can provide better for yourself. Mm. I think that when you choose your partner based on what car they drive or what job they do, you are setting yourself up for a fall because you're not looking at who that person is going to be towards you. Now, hold on a second. I do. There, there are some things I think are really important. For some women, ambition is really important. I hundred percent get that. Yeah. But if you can't, if you find a great guy who doesn't have the same level as ambition as you, I would, I would say most highly ambitious women like ourselves have plenty of friends who are highly ambitious too. So we can get that part of what we need from someone. You don't have to. And actually, let's be honest, you cannot expect one person to give you all of your needs. You can't. It is not fair. It is not possible. And it's not fair. So really think to yourself, what is the most important thing I want from my partner? Be clear about my partner. If ambition is it, then I get that. I do understand that. But for me... That is not the most important thing because I've got more ambition than 25 people put together. Plus, I have a social circle and a friendship circle who are all equally as crazy and entrepreneurial as I am. So really, that is not my biggest thing. And mm. the more you get clear, the more clarity you have on what really is truly important to you in a relationship and what is really truly going to make you happy, then the quicker you're going to find it because otherwise you're looking for the wrong things. Now, for me, interestingly, coming from a background that was very, you know, growing up in a very violent household, people might think that I would be inclined to go for more feminine men who wouldn't, mm. but the opposite is true. Mm. So I definitely have a type. My type is very physical and like usually big, strong guys. And I think that probably partially comes from my background because it makes me feel protected. 
But also I do joke. I'm not sure how much of this I'm actually really joking and how much I'm quite serious. I do joke that, you know, a guy has to have something over me, right? A guy has to have <laughs> A guy has to have some area where he feels like she can't compete with me in this, you know, because I think it's important. We all have our things that, that we bring to the table. Right. And I think it's important for a man to feel that he can physically take care of you. I do. Yeah. Think that's important. I know that's old school. And trust me, I can take care of myself. But I really like being with a guy who you feel that he's going to take care of you. Physically. Yeah. I so agree with that. I remember when I met Joe at a festival and uh, he's like six foot three and it's not that he's not like super, he's got an amazing body. He's got an amazing body if he's watching this, but he doesn't go, he doesn't really do the shit. He does. He's very physical. Anyway, the point is I remember he would like lead me through the festival and I just felt, because with him, it was just, it was as much about like, he is a festival man and he gets it. And he, I just felt really safe with him. And I knew he would take us to the funnest places. And, and that's that really important to me. What's really yeah. important to me is that I'm with a man who makes me feel safe. Yes. Yeah. That's important yeah. to me. I can yeah. make all the money that we need to make. And, and a, a guy who's not lazy and a guy who doesn't take those things for granted. But honestly, yeah. you know, as long as you're happy in what you're doing, I'm all for it. Go do yeah. you. Yeah. Important to me is that I feel safe, I feel protected, I feel heard, I feel seen. And and this is a really important conversation for strong women and successful women that the guy that I'm with does not feel intimidated or emasculated by who I am and what I do. That's massive. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, since you brought that up, we actually had a question from a woman that's uh, kind of in line with that, a woman called Maria, who said, I've always identified as a high achiever, but I worry that I intimidate guys. What would you say the problem is? Am I intimidating or are they intimidated? Is it my fault or theirs? Interesting question. And it could be one or the other, or it could be a little bit of both. And I think that I've learned to really find guys who allow me not to have to be the one who does everything all the time. So I can do that in my business, but when I'm in my home life, I need to know that I can switch off and they've got it. Yeah. And what I found as well, particularly in my current relationship, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is my relationship for life. Mm. He he, he will cook, he will he will handle everything and does not for one second feel emasculated. In fact, for him, being able to show that he can take care of me, take care of the home, help take care of my son, do all of it, makes him feel masculine. So yeah. another guy might feel that doing the cooking and cleaning is going to emasculate him. Drew's like, fuck that. No, this is my contribution. This is how I take care of my family. Yes, I love this shot because I really believe like this is the shift that we that we needed and it's so important. Like I find it like, okay, I'll, Joe cannot clean for shit. He is the messiest person I've ever met in my entire life. But <laughs> what he, like he is such a provider and so like he will get the shopping. He will order the, like he loves a takeaway and I'm ha- like, I've been working my ass off. I come back, he's like, babe, we've got a takeaway on the way. I'm like, yes, he will do the cooking. Like he's exactly. amazing. All of that. Like all of that. Those things that I guess at one time were were seen as feminine things of the the domestic sphere. I'm like, that is so outdated now. Like we get to change the narrative. And and I just want to jump in here because one thing I think is massively important that I've learned from this 
is it works as long as you are prepared to still do those things yourself. Because yes. the moment that a woman starts thinking, oh, that's cool, that's your role, and I don't do any of that stuff anymore, yeah. then I think that breaks down because then it does feel emasculating because yes. it feels like you've just parked all these things over there on yeah. them because yeah. you earn more money or you have a big yeah. job or you have so that's demeaning for you to have to do that shit with with me it's a practical thing like yeah I'm still working so yeah if you're not working and I'm still working who should go and do the dishes yeah exactly and I I love what you said there and I believe it really is a flow like a flow and the dynamic has to it has to I mean, that's what re- healthy relationships are about. It's about adaptability and flexibility and supporting one another. And and uh, I just like, the irony is I've actually, I used to hate cooking and I've got more into it now because Joe has done so much of it that it's kind of in, like, he's away on the Isle of Wight working at the moment and it's really inspired me. And I'm like, I've got this new dish and I'm excited to share it with when, him when he's back. But that's it. It's not, I think that that we've got to let go of this old, the old paradigm of these like fixed, rigid roles. Like it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, it doesn't work and we don't live in that society. So I'd really encourage any strong woman out there, any entrepreneur, anyone who earns, you know, pretty good money and maybe earns more than most of their partners do, is start reassessing where you place your value. Because I think yeah. when you shift your value, then you shift the dynamic. So because my value is so highly placed on a man who supports me as a partner, yeah. not as as my equal, not as my, you know, inferior, not as somebody, but my equal, then when you find that person, I'm placing as much value on that as if he was, you know, the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's yeah. my value, what yeah. I appreciate. Yeah. And, and and then you find the person that you can pour, you know, your love into because they hold those same values. Yes. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. We've had so many brilliant uh, love nuggets so far from you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a slightly different direction now. We're gonna start uh, going a slightly different way. We're gonna play something called dating disaster. Okay. Um, so I I would love to know, Shah, biggest dating disaster that just came to your mind when I said that. So I was once set up on a blind date. This is a true story. I won't name the person because they're incredibly successful and incredibly wealthy. And this probably just goes to show how how completely and utterly disinterested I am about those things. So said person sent a chauffeur to collect me. And straight away, I was like a dog with the hackles up. I was thinking, oh, no, this just feels wrong. Straight away, I feel like I'm being controlled. I'm sure yeah. other women would think it was lovely, but I didn't. Yeah. So I get to Nobu and we go in and it was the most boring evening of my entire life like literally so um on the taxi journey home by myself I will hasten to add (laughs) the person who who set up the blind date texted me to say that the guy who I'd just been on a blind date with wanted to know if I wanted to go to Monte Carlo on Friday wait for this in his helicopter so I oh was saying, you know what, with all due respect, firstly, not only do I not want to go to Monte Carlo, but I actually even don't even want to go for a coffee or anything else ever again. And actually, I'm never taking your recommendations. <laughs> oh, no, that story hasn't finished. 
That's oh, great. Got it. Not finished. Okay. This is, I promise you, a hundred percent true story. Ten years later, we were raising funds for a business that I've set up. So we were going around all the VCs, private equity firms, and we were we were doing about a five million raise, and um, we were called into the private office of uh, of a private fund, and we're sitting there going through the pitch deck and everything else. There was me and um, <laughs> there was, there was me and my head of um, content production, Matt Thomas. Um, and I could tell that the guy wasn't really paying any attention. He was already pissing me off because he wasn't paying any attention. And halfway through, he just stops me and Matt, and he just looks at me and says, you don't remember me, do you? No, no. And I just looked at him. I said, no, I don't. Cause I really honestly didn't. So then he says, we had dinner at Nobu one. Oh my God. I just wanted to die. Oh my God. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up and just. What happened? Oh my God. He invested in the company. And (laughs) I swear he only did it to get back at me. I love it. He gave you money to get back at you. Honestly. Yeah. Look at me now. (laughs) You need my money. I love you, Shah. Your your dating disasters are even those are like classy and brilliant. I I fucking love it. No, that was definitely the worst. I mean, that was that was just the worst. It was really, you know, just totally and utterly opposite people with nothing in common. Which just goes to show it's like if you don't have that connection. Everything on paper can look right or you could you could like, you know, go by your mum's values or someone else's values. But if there's no connection, you are wasting your time because that well, first day there's no connection. A helicopter to Monte Carlo on a Friday just looks like the worst idea ever. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. OK, so now we're moving to a little game of would you rather. So most dating apps, they offer prompts. I don't know if you know this, Shah. They offer prompts to help people break the ice. Okay. But a lot of those I find a bit bland, so I've spiced them up a bit. So love is coming, soul, would you rather? Okay, so you just got to answer quick, okay? Ready? Right. Bad boy or good guy? Good guy. Good guy. On a first date, you run into your ex or their ex? Mine. Mine are brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then set the scene that this guy is going to be on his toes he's going to be thinking raw oh her exes look like that with her yeah <laughs> brilliant okay on a date let's say first date drop a condom or drop a tampon Neither. Why would I have to drop either one of those on the first date? Because it's would you rather you have to drop one of them which would you rather? Tampon Okay, it's only going to get worse from now. Okay, premature ejaculation or can't get it up. As you said, either of those is a very bad, bad result. So I don't think I would rather either. You can't opt out. You have to pick one. <sighs> premature, I guess. <laughs> hard choice. <laughs> or not. Or not a hard choice. Oh, my gosh. What have you got me into, Persia? <laughs> Last one. I'm interested to see what you say for this one. Fart on a first date or queef the first time you have sex? Mm. Fart on a first date. Might as well see, see what their reactions are right up front. 
<laughs> be like, by the way, this is uh, this is how I roll. So let's see how you deal with that. I actually have farted on a first date a few times, Shah, and um, I thought I was going to get away with it. And then what you have to do, this is for anyone listening, if you fart on a first date and it's it's a stinker, you have to very quickly look around and go, oh my God, what was that? Because they'll never, they'll never guess. If you do what I've done where you just ignore it, it's obviously you. Right, so I've don't ignore it, one. ladies. Do not ignore it. Call <laughs> it out. Blame everyone else around you apart from you and maybe don't look at them. Maybe. <laughs> you just got to get in there quick. You've got to get in there quick even before they're going to smell it. Okay, good. So now we're onto the segment called Breaking Bad. It's not about meth. Um, you'll hopefully be happy to know. But this let's take this a little bit more seriously. So the aim of this podcast is to educate and entertain. But yeah. breakups, I this is one of the main things women I'm come up with. Come on, bring them on. Okay. Mo- tell me, most painful breakup and what are your best tools for getting over a breakup? Oh, so I would say my best tools, this is going to sound really rubbish, but it's true. My best tools are that if you pick good people at the beginning, then in a way the breakup is harder because they're a good person. It's so much easier to break up with a dickhead, right? Mm. But because they're a good person, no one is trying to cause harm to the other person. Yes. Yeah. No, that to be honest, that is a a brilliant, brilliant uh, nugget there. And it's one that I don't that doesn't get talked about a lot. Is if you do the work on yourself and all the things we've already talked about, you're really clear on your standards and what you want in a partner. Because I think a lot of women have no fucking idea. And then, that's where and that's where it all goes wrong. So yeah. my thing is is that you can both be really great human beings and it can still not work out for reasons yeah. beyond your control or for just stuff happens and you go yeah. different ways. But if you're both really good human beings and you respect that and you respect each other, you can work your way through it. Yeah. The other side is it is more painful because I do believe that if somebody's just a genuine out and out idiot, it's a lot easier to say, wow, thank God. Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I, know, I know, I know. I know. Here's the problem with these situations is our ego gets hurt. And what happens yeah. when our ego gets hurt is we go literally insane. Like we literally turn into crazy people who would never behave like this in a normal situation yes yeah yeah it's so I mean I just think so I guess like- the, best, the, the best advice in those situations is is go and hire the best looking Idris Elba lookalike <laughs> honestly that's what you do and go and take a bunch of selfies and post them on your social don't tag the person and just know that your ex is going to have nightmares <laughs> there you go there you go, ladies. In a nutshell, um, it it definitely works. I think I think though, like you're really right. I think that once you get better at picking the guy, then even if you break up, because like you said, that sometimes happens. You can both like I, my last two breakups before Joe, I met Joe. Well, they were really healthy. Like Gwyneth would have even been like, oh my God, consci- consciously uncoupling, you know? Exactly. They were really mature. And it didn't mean they didn't hurt. They fucking hurt yeah, so much. Yeah, and I think that's normal. And I think if it doesn't, yeah. then you probably weren't very invested in that relationship. Exactly. But it doesn't have to get nasty. Not at all. And that's it. it. doesn't have to get nasty. Okay, so kind of similar vein. Next segment, word on the cheat. I love a pun. Can you tell? So word on the cheat. So... Have you ever cheated on someone or been cheated on? And what are your thoughts around it? I can't believe I literally haven't ever. What? Either way. No. Why do you think that is? Because that is quite rare. Yeah, I do think it's 
quite rare. Um, so I think I've just got super, super clear about who I am from a very early age. So yeah. if I didn't want to be in something, my my answer was to leave, not cheat. Yeah. Oh my god, you so, you should be a love coach, you know. <laughs> If you ever get bored of business, you can love coach me. I'm fucking learning loads. It is fantastic. Um, Honestly, yeah, I've never, yeah. And I think from the opposite side, again, you choose good people. Two things, you choose good people. And I think every guy knew that you did that to me. You ain't ever seeing me again, like ever, like ever. I would never cheat on you. (laughs) I would never (laughs) cheat on you. I'd be fucking terrified. (laughs) I think that might have been the case. Yeah, it would either be baseball bat or or just like, I think, Shah, just a a simple eyebrow raise from you would be enough. Like, (laughs) yeah, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. No. Okay, so let's move on to the next segment. I love this one. We actually spoke about this before. So this is called Boil That Bunny. This is from that movie, Fatal Attraction, where Glenn Close, because some people might not know, it's Glenn Close, um, isn't it? It's Michael Douglas. She... um, Basically, I think he's having an affair with her and then he gets bored of her or whatever. And then and then she turns into a completely mental. crazy lunatic. He goes mental. And um, this is so interesting because like I, I've spoken to so many clients about this. They will all remain anonymous. But I mean, some of the like I asked them, like, what's your most funny boiling behavior? And we've had some brilliant ones like, you know, key the car, key their car. One of my clients called her ex 187 times in one sitting. Who's got I said, how the fuck do you have the time for that? I don't. You don't. So what I I mean, I know that you probably don't have that many examples of bunny boiling behavior. But if you had one, what would it be? Oh, you see, I would be the best. Like I would be so good, which is why I'm really glad I've never had to because I would, I would literally. Um, so you see, I think calling somebody all those times actually is the worst thing you can do because yeah. it shows that they've got all the power. So I think I would do things like if I still had keys, I would go and like uh, I've heard somebody do this before and I thought, oh, that would be a very good idea if I ever had to do that. Go and sew prawns into uh, <laughs> into curtains and put um, <laughs> and put them into pillowcases under the bed. So even when they're looking under the bed, they can't really see them. That would be a real killer one. Then I would... Um, I would probably, if I could figure out how to get into any of their dating apps, then just go and change all their profiles. So like, you know, dickhead is looking for a woman to walk over and stab in the back. Like that's a good <laughs> one, right? Um, let me see what else. It really depends on how badly I wanted to get them back. Thankfully, I've never had to be in that situation because I think I'd be a bit bad. The prawn one is fantastic. I just please can we just say there's a disclaimer here. Don't, Gina, don't do it. Don't Sarah's do it. Not liable. She is not liable. Don't, Neither don't do I. it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good. Know that you could. <laughs> I love that prawn one. That's yeah, I, I would. You know, by that point, you know them so well. So I'd probably call up. Just all the things would be really annoying. Call up. Cancel their car insurance. Cancel. Cancel. You know their phone. So their phone no longer. You know, just all of that stuff. That'd be sneaky ones. Way better. Way better. Because listen, you're going to make this person have to waste the next month reinstating all of their passwords. All of the. I mean, yeah, that would be the most annoying thing, but. But the prawns are quite good because yeah, it would take them so long oh my God, to figure it out. Imagine. Oh my God, it would be absolutely, and they'd probably get rats as well. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like that prawn thing could go viral. I think it's excellent. I love it. <laughs> 
Okay, so we're nearly at the end here. We've already done the agony aunt section because we had lovely Maria's question. Um, so we're going to end. Uh, oh, no, no, we've got two more. So, right, deal makers and deal breakers. This okay. is good for your businesswoman. So, three turn on, top three turn ons, top three turn offs. Oh, let's go turn offs. Selfish. Mm-hmm. We're done. Lazy. See ya. We're done. And an ego we're also done mm. yeah lazy selfish and an ego don't rock my boat not for you no. what about turn ons pretty much the opposite no ego just quietly confident in your own skin yeah that's hot very much so yeah and i think that ties in with confidence because i think that's that's kind of the same thing i think that's that's probably one and the same thing i think that's really important somebody who who who's really generous and generosity doesn't doesn't come in buying people things generosity is in generosity of spirit of 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 just their whole nature is generous and then the the third one for me is is somebody who you just trust right when they say i've got you it means i've got you mhm yeah I love that. Trustworthy is so, like so important to me. It's just so not like that. Dark and handsome, obviously. Oh, you know, that's a given, isn't it? That's it's a given. given. Yeah, I love it. Trustworthy, I think, is actually really sexy, believe it or not. I never would have said that once upon a yeah, time, but I really do think so. 100%. As is somebody without an ego and with confidence in who they yeah. are. Yeah, knows who they are. Absolutely. So uh, our final little segment. I don't know how you're going to find this, but you've handled it very well so far. So it's called, this is basically, this came about because I was in the pub like a month ago and um, me and my friends were, I don't even know how we got into this conversation. We'd had a few wines and like some of their answers to this just cracked me up. And I just thought maybe people have really different react, like everyone has a different name. It's called Name That Genital. So (laughs) what is your, like, what do you call a, a man's bits and a lady's bits? I don't know that I do. Like, I don't know that it's even on my radar. Really? You must have a name for it. Well, it's not like I don't have a name, but I don't have, like, some specific... Not specific. Okay, what's the funniest name you've heard for them? I think people just don't say that to me because they think I'm just going to look at them and say, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I was worried that I might get this reaction. (laughs) You know why it also came up is when I first met Joe, several times he referred to, and I don't know, I I, I really hope he was being jokey and I think he was, but he called called it his todger (laughs) and he also called it his, his, no, three things, todger, Prince Philip. And is John Thomas. And I I was like, is this guy for real? And I think he was kind of taking the piss, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I think we need to cl- clarify the Prince Philip. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that one. The rest... Isn't that the one with the... with the? It's been... Yeah. Oh, God. Pierced. Yes. Why, was it, why would it be called a Prince Philip? Well, that's I don't know either. Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back Can to you Can we find this out? I will, I, will, I will find out that for you, you and let... Educate I'll, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well that's a fantastic a prince philip let's let's end on that thank you so much uh before we go i'd love to know well my i know my um listeners would love to know where can they find you uh weird name easy to find jump on social media just look for shah wasmund w-a-s-m-u-n-d or go to shah s-h-a-a.com that's it super simple 
Super simple. And listen, if you are a female entrepreneur, you need to follow this woman. She has absolutely changed my life. She's fucking incredible. There's like, she, you're very rare, Char. Like the way you... The way you deliver your nuggets and your wisdom is such a breath of fresh air. And I, I think you're fucking great. I love working with you so much. And, and I love working with you. Yay! It's really good fun. And, you know, you're such a hard worker. And one of the things I think is really important about business is to just work with people that you really enjoy working with. So thank you. Uh, thanks yeah. for inviting me on tonight. I've really enjoyed it. Final piece of advice to, to end on for, for any single woman listening who haven't met their person yet and are worried that they won't, what would you say to them? Oh, well, it took me. Um, so my son's dad passed away 10 years before I met my partner now. And so I think I felt like that for a long time. And now I definitely don't. I, I you know, it, it's, I don't want to say don't worry, you know, it will happen because I've had people to say that to me and it just, I just think, oh, just shut up. You don't understand how I feel because you're not in my shoes because you haven't lost anyone because you haven't been through this. But I do really genuinely believe the more, the clearer you get on who you are and what you want, the easier it will be for you to find it. Really do. Yeah. And, 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 you know, hope, hope and courage take you a very long way. Mm beautiful place to end on Shah you're a legend thank you so much thanks for everyone for tuning in lots of love bye and that's a wrap thank you so much for tuning in for this episode I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you now If you want to seriously turn up the heat in your love life as we snowball towards the festive season, I hope you'll join us for my famous, or should I say infamous, five-day Naughty November Challenge, starting Monday the 9th of November. It's 100% free and so saucy that not even COVID can contain it. I guarantee that by the end of the challenge, you will feel more attractive, seductive, alluring, enchanting, tantalizing, tempting, and not just desirable to your dream man under the mistletoe, but irresistible. Head to getyoursoulmate.com forward slash naughty hyphen November to find out more. The link is also in the show notes to this podcast episode. On that note, if you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you'd like, share, subscribe and leave me a review to help the podcast rank higher so that it can reach other people who want or need the support. So see you next week, my love. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.